Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Podcaster Rewind, episode 65. I'm Erica Jarvis with my favorite podcasting co-host, Amy Randolph, and we're here to bring you another episode. Absolutely. You know, I was about to, like, be all wonky and be like, I'm your only podcast co-host, and then I realized I'm not. You've been on another podcast. I mean, I wasn't a co-host. I was a guest. That's true. Is it different? So I'm still your favorite co-host. So far. Okay, just (laughs) confirming. Confirming. Farming. You absolutely are. I love talking about podcasts with you. Oh my god, I love talking about podcasts with you. Yay! And so many other amazing topics that, you know, we run the gamut on, but for sure, well, we podcasts. Have a show today. We definitely do, guys. You probably saw it in the description, but, you know, we're going to get exciting today. We have been doing, you know, some zingers here on Podcast Rewind. Yeah. Like some true investigative right. podcast journalism. I'm finally using my degree. I know. I mean, if we're not getting a Pulitzer, if the podcast yeah. Pulitzer Award is, you know, created, uh, which I kind of feel like this medium probably does deserve some sort of yeah. award. Soon. Like, I would think there are. I mean, they've got like the Webbies for people who are YouTubers. Yeah. There's got to be something out there, there for are, us casters. There are, um, like, I think Vulture did, I mean, those kind of, you can vote for your favorite yeah. podcast, and then there are winners. Yes. But, you know, like, I need some hardware. I need a statue. I would love a statue. Like, where would you put it? Um, where would I put it? Not in my desk. I think maybe I would um, put a little shelf over where my cats eat. (laughs) (laughs) And remind them. (laughs) Mount it there. Yeah, they'll never knock it over. No, they'll never knock it over. I think I would have it at work. You think? I think so. Some people would come into my office like, what is that? Like, how funny you ask. I want a podcasting reward. I'm a podcaster when I'm not here with you guys. You know, what? I I don't think I told you this. This was actually really sweet. I did a, um, a show recently at work. And we had to buy these little microphones for a piece of it. Uh-huh. Um, and we had to, like, dress them out and make them look, like, themed to the the show that we were doing. And then afterwards, an audio designer grabbed one and he put it on my desk when we mm-hmm. all got back in. And he was like, I thought this would be really good for your podcast. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, Greg, you know I have a podcast? Yes. <laughs> Do I talk about it too much or is that <laughs> a thing that you just actually know about me? Yeah, I don't know. It's on my resume. But I didn't bring it home because, frankly, what we have are better. I mean, these are not, like, studio-quality mics, but um, it was better than the little one I had in my office. But I was touched. No, that's super cute. Isn't it? Oh, I love that little story. I have nothing to compare that with. So, you know what? Instead, Amy, let's cheers. Cheers. To drink of the week. Drinks. Yay! Um, look, I'm being a trash box, and I've got a can of Coors Light, baby. Yeah, you do. Yeah, my mountains are blue. Nice. I went to Publix and did my new favorite thing of buying single cans of beer. My God, I love it when you do that. (laughs) I just was like, I will have two, please. 
And I got your jam, Founders All Day IPA. You know what? You put your can in a cozy, and I didn't even have to ask you what it was, because just by the rim of the can, uh-huh. I know what that beer is, because I consume enough of it. No, yeah, this is from down the street from me, right? Absolutely. It's a Grand Rapids, Michigan beer. Nice. I was telling a friend of mine, because I was talking to Michigan people, and Yay. I was like, oh, my one friend lives in... Big Rapids, and somebody was like, grand. And I was like, no, I know where my friend lives. <laughs> People literally do that all the time. They're like, do you mean Grand Rapids? Or they think I'm telling a joke, like, oh, haha, is it not that grand? Oh. And you guys, I literally was raised in a town called yeah. Big Rapids, Michigan. Which is a hop, skip, and a jump from Grand Rapids. It's true, about an hour north for all of you rewinders. Yes. Now you know. <laughs> um, but like, And the address is? <laughs> I almost started to recite my mom's address. <laughs> for you no <laughs> no I just wrote it down on an envelope yesterday because I sent her a Mother's Day card nice. you're welcome mama yes Be get after it Sandy look out but you know how there are certain things that you just never have to look up again sure you know like obviously my home address I just I'm just so proud of myself every time I just pull out especially the zip code you know, like the street yeah. address, of course, I don't forget. But when I can just pull out that Michigan zip code and don't even have to stop and think. Uh-huh. But the other thing I remember forever, and I'll say this because it doesn't matter, 231-796-7853 has been my house phone number my entire life. Oh, and? And mom disconnected. It's so crazy. It is because I don't have her cell phone memorized oh, I'm not no. a monster so like I live in 2019 uh-huh. and I don't have cell phone numbers recognized so like if I need to get a hold of my mommy and my phone is broken I don't screwed. know screwed I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm so screwed I know um I well let's keep going let's go straight into obsession of the week and I'd be like why are you so obsessed with me yes I'm obsessed with the fact I just got back yesterday from a long weekend up in DC or like the suburbs of DC yay visiting my friend Rachel and her husband for the weekend but when I landed in DC my phone was draining fast right but I had my work phone so I could take a screenshot of her contact and sent it to my work phone on the off chance you're so smart I know I was in the gifted program. Um, that was very resourceful. Thank you. Mean. Yes. I like to be resourceful at all times. Me too. But I was like, oh my God, if something happens, I hope she'll pick up this 407 number if I have to call right? her. Thankfully. Like, scammers. Right. To try to sell her something. Um, but yes. Anyway, so I had a really great long weekend. It was just nice to get out of the state for a hot second. Sure. Being up in Virginia just reminds me so much of being back up in Pennsylvania. It's green. There's mountains. It's so pretty. The weather was Rainy on my last day, but it was just so great. We went and saw a horse race, drank tons of Virginia wine, and went to yes. local wineries, which was great because there are a few local wineries in Florida. They are trash. Not good. No, the no. muscadine grape is disgusting. No, thank and you. And so also things that are gross, strawberry wine, yeah. blueberry wine, yeah. peach wine. <laughs> all of these things are gross. So when they have all of these vineyards at their disposal, they go. And I was like, what the I want this life. I'm so jealous. Yes. You know, but I have a borderline alcohol problem as it is. (laughs) And you know how I tell you often that I'm really lucky I don't live closer to a casino because (laughs) if I had direct access to a casino, (laughs) I'd have problems. I know that I would become a gambling addict fast. (laughs) So if I had like 20 great wineries around, 
I'll what die. Do do? I will die. You probably, I'll, I mean, but what a way to go. I mean, I, my liver would probably give out in about two years. Right. There was this great vineyard we went to that was like definitely on the side of a mountain. And they obviously will eventually be building out a deck on the outside. Ooh. But in this huge like living space were these huge front doors that thank God were like seriously latched. Because if you open that door, you're going down. <laughs> like down the mountain? Down the mountainside. And we were like, you're not going to get you're not going to die, but you're going to not feel good after this fall. I was like, oh my God, this is, I got to stand back. I know who I am. I want to touch a hot stove. I want to, I want to open that door. You better have some serious railings on that deck then because sometimes yeah. you get drunk and you're like, what's down there? Right. I was like, I'm, I'm a leaner. I'm a leaner. <laughs> Time to lean. Time to clean. <laughs> That's, we both worked in the restaurant industry, we so we know this as a fact. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Amy, what are you obsessed with this week? Erica, I, I'm telling anybody that will listen, and I, I have to say, I have to give podcasts. Well, you've got a captured audience, so let's do this. <laughs> you, I guess you guys are listening. Yes. All ten of you. Rewinders. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, so I, I want to say I got this recommendation off a great podcast. Uh-huh. One of our favorites, Bitch Sesh. Casey Wilson has been going on and on about how much she loves the show Pen15 mm. on Hulu for like three weeks in a row. And I'd heard about it in the ether. I knew I should watch it. But the way Casey was just going on and like terrorizing Danielle <laughs> for having not An seen it yet. Terrorist. I also felt terrorized and like Casey would be kind of mad at me for if sure. I don't at least check it out. I am obsessed with Pen15 on Hulu. I can't wait. I it's 10 episodes and they're, um, because it's just the first season, sure. it's dropped and it's 10 episodes. They're a half an hour long and I binged them all on Saturday. So nice. I spent five hours. I couldn't turn it off. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So it, if I need to convince you rewinders to listen or watch the show, it's about these two girls going into seventh grade in 2000. And it's so zenial perfect. Yeah. For you zenial listeners, you know this experience. Mm-hmm. You, you lived it. Yeah. So they're, <laughs> they, then the girls, this is written by two 30-year-old women who happen to look really young. Yeah. And they had that experience themselves. And so they play themselves Amazing. as seventh graders. I, but the funniest part is that all of the other seventh graders cast are actually of that age. They're child <laughs> actors. So you see these two women who look young enough, they really do pass. Yeah. But they're obviously adults. adults. <laughs> and it's just like all the experiences that you had. Again, it's so zenial. You see them signing up for their first AIM screen names. Yes. And, you know, they don't have cell phones, of course. Like, all of that stuff transported back. They make plans over the phone and then just have to trust each yep. other to show up at the designated location yes. on time. Crazy. But these two girls are our best friends, and they're losers. Yeah. And so that's where it all kicks off. It is incredibly funny, but also there's so many moments throughout the season that are just like really sad, and they you go back to when that happened to you oh. in seventh grade, and you just feel it all yeah. over again. You feel the braces cutting the insides of your cheeks. Oh. You feel yeah. how you got hot from your neck all the way up to like the top of your hair when you like talked to a boy that you mm. liked. And I just, still do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm still I mean, a loser. It is. Casey Wilson called it perfect television, and I cannot argue with her. Yeah. Everybody watch Pen15. I mean, if you are like our dads, then maybe not. 
because you wouldn't get it. I think you do, in order to really truly get it, I kind of think you do have to be a zenial. Yeah. Or, like, from our time period. You might think it's funny otherwise, but, I mean, if you want to relate to something super hard and you're around our age, Pen15, you have to watch. And if you don't remember what Pen15 is, it was a club that people would invite you to be a part of, and you would have to, they would write Pen15 on your hand or somewhere in your body, but... It spells penis. Yeah. It's really just a way for the mean boys on the back of the bus to write penis, penis. on your hand. Yeah. I fell for that more than once. Oh, I'm no. not even joking. Oh. You, I, you needed a cootie shot. Circle, circle, square dot. I know. Now you have well, a cootie shot. I still, at 35, will look up if someone says there's gullible written on the ceiling. <laughs> like, I just can't help myself. I did that to a guy who was dating back over the winter. I was like, oh, there's gullible written on the ceiling. And he, like, looked up. And he was like, no, there's not. I was like, what? Oh, Oh, no. no. Okay. We should end. We should, we should update. We Maybe don't. it's good that's over. <laughs> it's super good that that's over. <laughs> ah, the memories. <laughs> ah, anyway, um, now that you know what's been going on in I mean, our lives, there's a lot that's been going on in the ether of the pop culture world, and we felt that it was our duty to bring you guys a quick chat about a couple things that are going on and the podcasts that are breaking it down. Yeah, so uh, I started to say this earlier but Podcast Rewind has been, like, deep and dark, like I said. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm joking. We're not really investigative journalists. But we have been kind of, like, going deep on these conspiracy theories yeah. and taking down the flat earthers. And anti-vaxxers. And, like, I, we really just wanted to talk about some of our other favorite stuff, and that's pop culture. Yes. And just mm, spill some tea while we drink our beer. Yes, absolutely. So, guys... A thing happened in the world a couple of weeks ago, about a week and a half ago, we were introduced to the fact that 50 Cent is a Bravo fan. Yay. (laughs) And watched an episode of Vanderpump Rules where his friend Randall Emmett, who's a film producer and works with 50 Cent, sees his fiance Lala Kent on the show kind of being a little on the trashy side in regards to how she'll suck dick for a private jet ride and all of these things. And she thinks that makes her a feminist. And look, you go, girl. You do you. Your style of feminism is different than mine. You do you. Check out our sugar baby pods if you need a reminder. (laughs) But (laughs) 50 gets in a bit of a tiff with Lala on social media and Randall jumps in and is messaging 50 Cent. He's like, hey, man, be cool. 50, not a fan of this situation, and is like, you know what, Randall, while I have you, remember that million dollars I lent you back in the day? I want it, and I want it by Monday. So hashtag money by Monday is born. Oh, my God. So that's great all on its own. But, you know, 50, Curtis Jackson, <laughs> never one to shy away from a feud, <laughs> releases next on his Instagram a series of texts that Randall has sent him behind the scenes where Randall's like, 50, I'm so sorry. Please don't do this. Please stop dragging my fiance. Like, basically, she's kicking my ass at home. Yep. Lay up. And then he says, I'm so sorry. He meant to say 50, but accidentally wrote F-O-F-T-Y. And now 50 Cent shall forever be known as Fofty. And the entire scandal is Fofty Gate, yes. of course. And it gets just so much better as the weekend goes on. Like, it was its own entertainment. It was. The, Merchandise happens. The Lala Fofty show. Yes. Betches put out t-shirts by Monday morning uh-huh. that said Money, Money by, by Monday. Monday and I'm sorry Fofty. He put out his own t-shirt. He made like, Randall did? No, no. 50 did. He God, put out a God t-shirt with like text messages on it. 
and ended up making like $300,000 and was like, 50 just made $300,000, but Randall still owes me a million dollars. Like, yeah, that doesn't make it up went for it. out there that like, so they say that Randall was seen like at poker nights all over LA trying to win money and do whatever he could. But then he was telling Fofty, I'm going to the ER. I think I'm having a heart attack. And he's like, 50 cents, like, you can still wire transfer a million dollars from a hospital, man. Send me a confirmation number. But I have to give a major shout out to the Comments by Celeb podcast. These girls, I think the one girl, Emma, or it's Emma and Julian. I don't remember who did the deep dive. I mean, from start to finish, how this whole feud started, everything that transpired, what Instagrams were. She was transcribing everything. It's amazing. If you want the soup to nuts, on Money by Monday, you have to check out their emergency 50 cent episode. I just love when a podcast puts out an emergency episode. Oh, yeah. You know it's it's always delightful. Oh, when the bitch says girls do it, it's, oh, stop everything. <laughs> just, okay, so social media can be, like, horrible. We know that. We've discussed it. Yeah. But this is one of the moments where it really shines. Because back in the day, celebrity feuds, we only found out about through, you know, like interviews that they gave. Yeah. So you got, you know, one-sided or different sides of, of the coin based on who's giving the interview. But to be able to live in this time yes, where you can watch it unfold live and then, you know, have the hashtags to follow oh, it so good. and the podcast to break it down. What a time to be alive and just to watch Fofty Gate go right. down. And go about my normal life. Like, I also don't have to really do anything yeah. to follow this. Yeah. I just have to set my Google alert. Of course. And then look at my new smartwatch, which I'm very excited about. Yes. <laughs> and just let it unfold for yeah. me. I don't even have to do anything, and I'm so entertained. I mean, social media is a monster. It's basically ruining our lives. But every yeah. now and then it drops a gem in our lap and is just like, you can't quit me. And you're like, I can't quit you. Fuck. I wish I knew how to quit social media, but I can't. Like, even in a giant flaming pile of shit... Maybe you'll find a diamond that your dog accidentally <laughs> swallowed a year ago. Exactly. It was so good. I mean, I don't know anybody who didn't know this feud that was going on. Everybody I mean, knew about Fox. Even if you didn't watch Bravo or all of these, you know, different shows, you understood what was happening. I mean, Andy Cohen, his mods of the week on his show was like, I don't care who gets the money, but 50 watches Vanderpump Rules. Like, exactly. He was so excited. I mean, the amount of press that this brought all of these three people and I still stand by the end of the day 50 cent is a master marketer because with every single Instagram he posted he also used the hashtags like Bronson Cognac and another liquor venture of his in everything and now I'm like what the fuck's Bronson Cognac do I want some do I want that? fuck you 50 like did you get your money do you not have enough now you have me coming for your liquor line like what a just master class in personal branding and marketing. It was great fun. It was and so good. I appreciate Curtis Jackson, Lauren Kent, and <laughs> Randall Emmett for their starring roles in Foftygate. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we'll remember you next year. Um, but speaking of people who are master marketers, yeah. there's been another thing going on in the pop culture world. Guys, Taylor Swift is back. And you know how we know? She won't stop talking about it. And this is right up your alley. <laughs> it is. You are a Swifty. I'm a total Taylor Swifty. I did not really get in with the whole teardrops on my guitar, but like I came in a little them. later. I think around the Red Album. I and like, I don't know that Love Story song. I think is when I got in. Like the whole Taylor Kanye 
original sure. feud is right. when I really started to get in, but during her first personality, the country she Taylor. She said so many. <laughs> um, but she has been ruling her fans' lives for the last couple of months. Yeah. She went through the reputation era and stated that she wasn't going to do interviews. There was going to be no explanation. You were going to get the album. You were going to get the tour, and that's it. And fans have been clamoring for her because this is a girl that puts out, you know, YouTube videos of her sending fans Christmas gifts. She lurks on their Tumblr accounts and everything. She had been so incredibly um, accessible to her fans prior to when she had that whole receipts feud with Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Yes. She had been that girl that was commenting on her, you know, fans' Instagrams, posts about her, and just, you know, make their entire year. Absolutely. Surprise show-ups at their viewing or listening parties. Yep. Um, having fans over to her house. Yep. And I want to preface, not preface, because we're already into it, but say that I know all these things because of you. Uh-huh. I enjoy Taylor Swift. I like her music. I've gone to a concert with you. It was a great show. Yeah. But I'm very much a casual fan. Yeah. Um, and, like, you are a, an a, definitely a fan, but you're not one of, the, like, the... I'm not a stan. Yeah, you're not a stan. But in order to be, like, a true Taylor Swift fan anymore, because of all this work that she does, it's like a part-time job, it, it is. feels like. Oh, 100%. Now. I mean, she can't post an Instagram without you being like, how do I decode this? What does it mean? Right. Because so, there's clues in everything. And I'm in a, in a sub... Facebook group, and it's, like, all about Taylor Swift, and all I had to do is scroll. These girls have done the Lord's work for me, right? and now I know these things, and these Easter eggs and what they mean, but I didn't do any of the work. I read someone else's post. And none of that really started up until um, the Reputation album, but then again, she's always kind of been a singer-songwriter who drops things about her life into her songs. Like, we've all known forever that she writes songs about ex-boyfriends. Yes. And she'll name names. Yep. Which is... I mean, a lot of times with a singer-songwriter, if they had a famous relationship that broke up, you can kind of glean that yeah. it might, whom it might be about, but she really laid it on the line. So I guess we've all been kind of rabid over who Taylor Swift dates for yeah. a long time, and then she had that whole weird relationship with Tom Hiddleston, which was so fake, but Hilston. we were all... Hiddleston, sure. <laughs> well, oh, they, right. They got... <laughs> I'm used to calling him Middle Switch now. <laughs> Celebrity couple name with her. That was good. Anyway, like, I'm building up to, like, how, I think it was that first music video of Reputation when she had all the different tailors yes. in the Look What She Made Me Do video. I think that was the first major Easter eggy thing. Yeah. Because then you find it, like, the more and more you watch, you see her with the snake rings, and mm-hmm. that goes back to the Instagram feud. But since then... that's what I mean about, like, you can't be a casual fan of Taylor Swift because you have no idea what's going on. You haven't done the legwork. Yeah, it's so so funny you You know the Easter egg so well. So it's really funny that you bring up, look what you made me do. Because at the very end of that music video, all the Taylors are lined up. Right. And there's a Taylor on a plane, and the tail of the plane says TS6, meaning, like, the sixth album. And she's spray-painting it, Reputation. Now, she is in a completely different outfit and looks different than anyone else. She's in, like, a cute pink outfit with palm trees all mm-hmm. over it and she's sawing the wings off the plane mm-hmm. and it is apparently supposed to symbolize she had a whole album ready to go for t like ts6 but everything that went down with the kanye kim kardashian thing she had to scrap it 
and put out reputation to kind of have her say. And it's that, that original Taylor Swift, that album was talking about, she's like sawing the wings off the plane. Like that plane is dead. It can't go anywhere anymore. Now she has to put out reputation. And so okay. it's this whole thing. And in one of the songs, Endgame, she sings a lyric, reputation precedes me. <gasps> no way. And what's her latest song? Me. Yep. So last week, you made me stay up till midnight on you midnight of the 26th. willingly stayed up. I think it got to like 1130 and then I was like, yeah, yeah what are we probably, doing? I can yeah. get through anything at work on a Friday. Um, so at midnight, she dropped her latest signal, single last week. Me. me. And we watched the video like a couple of times. Super laden with Easter eggs. Yes. And the fans are going rabid online. So I listened to a podcast last week, um, The Swiftest, uh-huh. to Taylor Swift stands, and they were just breaking down yeah. beat by beat it's crazy. of that me video. And I'm like, who has the, the time? I mean, I listened to so many podcasts. I listened to Be There in Five with Kate Kennedy, her episode 48, TS7 Heaven, all about what she thought <laughs> the new album was going to be. The Morning Toast Girls talked about it. Gosh, Betches on Diet Starts Tomorrow even had a full yeah. breakdown. And, like, that's a, a wellness podcast. But even they <laughs> couldn't not talk about this. I mean, she's so pervasive. And you know what? This is what I loved. Kate from Be There in Five said, this girl is playing chess, not checkers. And if you mm-hmm. think that she hasn't planned out every single move. And so what we're getting with this new Seventh album is this pastels, bright colors. On um, when she signaled that the reputation era was over was on October twenty first, twenty eighteen, and this is info that I've gotten off all of these pages. Not things that you just not things that I do. Um, She had a Scrabble board and said, "Let the games begin." Uh And on where, like on Instagram? On Instagram is yeah. So she had that post, and then on February twenty seventh, she just posted something with seven palm trees, and it started this massive Instagram countdown to basically like April 13th when the me video came out, which 26. is it came out April 26th. Sorry. came out April 26th on April 13th. She announced she was putting out a new countdown. Like, Hey, I'm going to have a new music video. Work with me yeah. that day. April 13th is national Scrabble day. Oh, so it goes back to this Instagram with Scrabble saying, let the games begin. And now everybody's in on these countdowns. She started a full, like that seven palm trees. The next day there was another photo. She was sitting on the sixth step on the next Instagram photo. She's behind a fence that has five like holes that you Mm -hmm. can see her. Like this girl is calculated and making people go nuts. So this is my question that I've been asking you while we talk about Taylor Swift on the porch, as two 35-year-old single women do. <laughs> um, is she, oh, you know us. Is she a master? Is she yeah. the most brilliant marketing, you know, self-marketing celebrity that the world has ever seen? Or is she fucking obnoxious? Right? Just drop the fucking single, girl. Seriously. Get your money and go. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like don't torture people like this, right? I, you know, have been absolutely listening to all these podcasts, and I'm excited for whatever the new album is going to be. But like all of these new personas with every new album that we get, like when she put out the Red album, now we were dressing like it was 1950, and then when she did 1989, we had like the Squad, and we were you know fashionable right. and model like, and then 
God, her clothes with the reputation era sucked, and now I'm getting pastels. Like, do I want to wear pastels? I don't. But Amy's shaking her head violently at me that <laughs> I do not, not want to wear pastels. You're not a pastel person. I'm so not a pastel person. But, like, so, yeah, with every era, you're going to get a new tailor. You're going to get new songs. You're going to get all of these things. And I get this vibe with everything that I have been listening to, is that Taylor Swift was a girl who was nerdy in middle school and high school, and she was so talented, and she couldn't fit in, and now she has legions around the world who love her and adore her, and she fits in finally. She likes Lisa Frank. She thinks it's great to have three cats. It's not. I'm looking at you. It sounds great. <laughs> I like her cats. Her cats are cute. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like She's truly embracing who she is, and people like her for it. And so I think that she wants to reward her fans and continue, like you said, to bring them in, be accessible. But after a while, at 35, I'm like, bitch, do, do a Beyonce. And in the middle of the night, drop a full visual album, give me everything, and then go on tour. I'll still love you. You know what's funny, though? So we were prepping to talk about Taylor Swift specifically for the podcast. So I do kind of know a lot more about her article, like articles about her and interviews that she's given right yes. now than I would normally. But she did give an interview not too long ago talking about how you can be the most famous person in the world and still feel all alone. Where I yeah. get annoyed with Taylor Swift is the constant victimhood that is played throughout her whole um, a great, a career. Like back when she was even just writing dirty tell-all songs about her ex-boyfriends, yeah. she still always paints herself as a victim. Yes. It, even now, she is now, the girl can't even play a venue smaller than a super arena. Yeah. Um, she is still acting like, but I'm all alone and no one really understands me. Mm-hmm. I'm alone on this island. Like she's isolated herself. So in this one NPR article I was reading about her too, is that the reason that like a lot of people don't cover Taylor Swift's songs is her songs are so insular to her. Yeah. You know, she totally makes them very specific about her experiences. Yeah. And she has, you know, she's a wonderful singer-songwriter. Yes. I really think that she is an incredible songwriter. Yeah. I, I'll give her that. Whether I like the music or not, and most of the time I do, I know that she has a huge hand in, in writing it, if yep. not fully responsible for writing it. So I'll just say that. But her lyrics, while some of them are so relatable, it's like, I've got a blank page, baby, and I'll write your name. Like, I love that fucking oh, lyric. But then the other parts of the song are so specific to her experiences and the things that we know that, like, you can only sing along so far and you're like, this isn't about me anymore. Right? It's not like an old, you know, God, you know, Elvis song that could be about anybody. True. Yeah, and, like, she does that thing in her lyrics, if you get the album, where certain letters are capitalized. And then you're going through the lyrics of Out of the Woods – and then it says, like, a secret phrase that's, like, you know, nobody knew. And it's, like, knew what? What does this mean? Well, I, so she is masterful, for sure, at getting people to study her. Yes. You know, the the Swifty groups, the online Taylor experts spend a lot of time putting together these puzzle pieces. Yeah. But for why? Why do we need this? I don't know. Why? And what do they gain from it? Do they unlock some certain, like, secret music at the end of all of this that nope. only they get with this certain amount of knowledge? I think like, Scientology. Like, they if went you, clear. If you, if, you, if you figure out all of Taylor's Thetans, you go uh-huh. clear and you can finally, like, pass on to heaven or whatever they believe. I don't fucking know. Sorry, I thought I heard, like, music playing in my head. I think it's the sprinklers outside. Oh, uh, well, that's a sad song. <laughs> 
<laughs> Guys, one so note song. It's a one note song. A note song, not like Taylor. Um, I know, I agree. Like, I think at the end of the day, they just feel like they're part of it. And like, if you are this huge Taylor Swift fan, this Swifty, and you can get picked to come to her house to listen to the album and do a secret session. You might get picked to go backstage at their concert and do a meet and greet. And that's what they're all driving towards. Yeah. And I think it's so fascinating that she is so polarizing. I think either, I guess there's three camps. You either think she is incredible or you don't like her or you're like, oh, Taylor, yeah, she's on. Grocery store bop. I'll keep going. Yeah. But I, I have found on these Facebook pages that people will just write like, you know, don't at me or don't come for me, but, like, I really don't understand Taylor. Guys, I try. I listen to her music all the time. I don't understand her and I don't like her. You didn't have to post that, by the way. <laughs> why the hell are you why in a Taylor you, Swift subgroup? Right? Or, like, why are you even just posting that in general on Facebook? That part, that's stuff I just don't get. That's where social media sucks. That's where social media that is, is a true no monster. But, I mean, there's just so much. Like, I just, just drop the fucking album. I'll go to your concert. I'll <laughs> stream it on Spotify. You've got my money. Just, I don't have time for the games, so I'd rather know that they're not there. Upload your album to iTunes and go. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't need all this pomp and circumstance. No. But, but, you know, like, and neither would any of us if she weren't laying it out. And, yeah. you know, she's got this rabbit fan base that can't get enough of it. And, but as annoying as I might find it, I gotta give the girl props. Yes. So, if she really did plan this in her first video of her last album, and it's now playing mm-hmm. out in real life two years later, and she's stuck true to that vision that she had years ago, look, props to her. And like you were saying, like you really believe that she's her own creative director. Uh, yeah. That she doesn't have this team of creative consultants around her yeah. coming up with this stuff and laying these things out. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, that's your theory. Anyway. That's my theory just because they're so specifically tailored to her fans <laughs> and to her. I know. I see what you did I was there. like, there's no other word I can figure right now. <laughs> but I just don't know who knows her better than her and her fans better than her. There's no way Susie from A&R, Universal Music Group, is like, okay, Taylor, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have an artist paint wings in the middle of downtown Nashville. Mm. And now we're going to start drumming up theories that maybe it's your wings and then all of a sudden you find out the wings really were commissioned by Taylor but I, there's no way Susie from A&R did that Taylor did that sure I do think somehow she has enough time on her hands when she's jetting from all of her homes yeah back and forth and this like I said to earlier to do I want to see her war room, room. you yeah. know like I imagine it has to look like a CSI police mm-hmm. room with you know like red Strings. yarn yes. <laughs> yeah. connecting um thumbtacks in the wall and yes what a, what a mind mine doesn't work that way like no. I can you know Look, I don't think that many steps ahead. I like to stay proactive, but I can't think that fucking far ahead. So props for that, but also get off my jock. I agree. I mean, I think at the end of the day that she is pretty masterful, and I'll give her credit, but I would rather just not see it all and just give me the fucking album. Exactly. So, moving on, you know what we all want to fucking see right now? What is that? The new royal baby. Yeah, we do. Um, I didn't see Megan on the steps with her little bump and perfect hair a la Kate three times. No. So, So, I am, you know, if you are a Taylor Swift fan but not stan, 
I am the same way towards the English royal family. You are. I do love to follow royal drama and royal weddings, royal babies. Give it all to me. I will eat it up. And this isn't just the current royal family. You're into royals dating back far. I love historical, like, fiction about... (laughs) About the British monarchs. I do. You guys, she'll be like, oh, well, then Anne did this, and then so-and-so did this. I'm like, I'm going to need you to give me an orc chart of who you're talking about. And I can. I'll go back to the War of the Roses, and I'll (laughs) talk you through the Windsors. Yep, you will. Um, You know, whether I want it or not. (laughs) Well, you ask, and then you don't tell me to stop, or you do, and I ignore you and keep going. (laughs) You know, and I actually, I kind of got into this, honestly, I think, through theater and studying Shakespeare. because. He writes the history plays about these real people. Yeah. And then I got into just being interested in them. And there's a lot of authors out there that write books that are true to history, um, but they're just like fictionalized. Uh Like actual things happen, but the conversations between people and people's motives are, you know, just kind of like, you know, written and it's fun, just fiction. But anyway, anyway, so it's led me to be a current royal watcher here from my seat in central Florida. Yeah. Um, and so while we were all distracted waiting for the royal baby to go down, some royal fucking drums is going down. Royal drama. And I am here to sip that tea. Yeah. So there was a great podcast that really like broke it down, gave me the story and then, you know, the theories about it. Uh And that was Betch Slap. Yep. So just by herself, one of, uh, Sammy, Sammy. Hosted, and she had on N.T. Lawyer. Yes, and I've talked about him in the pod forever ago, but this man is an entertainment lawyer who has the blinds and the tea on everybody. And and so he says, you know, I've heard him on their podcast a couple of times, and sometimes I think he's full of shit. I get a real reality Steve vibe from him. Like, he gets off on knowing these secrets the way reality Steve literally masturbates in a corner that he knows who's going to get the final rose. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah, like a different subject to be jazzed. Again, on. do you not have anything better to right. do? Uh, but anyway, well, and the lawyer was on, and they were talking about the Kate and William cheating drama scandal. <gasps> William and Kate are like literally a perfect prince and princess story. You know the the um, commoner girl that the prince. You know, he kept, she kept, she catches his eye, and he falls for her. He marries her and makes her a beautiful princess. And that royal wedding, I stayed up all night and watched that <laughs> shit for real back in 2011. So literally last month, they celebrated their eighth wedding anniversary. They have three beautiful children. Um, and it came out last month, right before their anniversary. William has probably been cheating on Kate. With her friend yep. for probably years. Yep. So it's really... I even heard about this and like perked up and was like, now we're talking, guys. Yeah. What was that again? <laughs> so the Mark, Marquia and Marquess of Chomle. Yeah. Um, what's his nuts? I don't care about the husband's name, but this woman, Rose, who's married. She also has children. She and her husband are great close friends with William and Kate but Kate, like, threw them out of the friend group a couple of months ago, and now it's all come out that it's probably because William's been dicking Rose <laughs> for whoever knows how long. Yeah. And according to N.T. Lawyer, back in 2007, when William and Kate were just dating, they broke up for a little while because yeah. William was supposedly cheating on Kate, 
and they it was with Rose all the way back then before yep. they were all married. So, I mean, this could be more than just like sex. This could be like a love thing. And this that's, could be a Camilla thing. This could be a Camilla thing. Yeah. And you know, look, in cheating scandals, like cheating is bad. It is. But if it's just like drunken sex, that's one thing. But when your spouse gets like emotions, catches feelings for someone else, like that's bad shit. We're talking Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston stuff when yeah. that happens. I mean, I even perked up because the rumor that NT shared that I had seen on a couple other sites, because I immediately went to the Google about this, is yes. that straight to the Googs. Straight to the Googs is that there had been some contentious stuff going on between William and Harry, and everybody was pointing at Megan for yes. it. And the That's thought the is next that Megan was so tired of the drama and knowing that it wasn't her fault and that actually Harry knew about Will's cheating because Harry's very close with Kate and mm-hmm. was basically like, hey, yo, this is some dad shit. Remember when he did this to mom? Fuck you. When the boys are really fighting because of Will and then Megan's people leaked this. Yes, for sure. Sh- well, that's another part of it too. Like, did Megan leak this or not? Because here's the other thing is that the British tabloids are not really reporting on this very much because the British tabloids really have a like stake in staying on the good side of the royals. Because yes. first of all, the royals will fucking sue you. Yes. And second of all, they will talk to you if you play by their rules. Yep. But if you start reporting stories they don't want out there, they'll turn away from you. But the fucking Sun or whatever it was, US Weekly, or Us, Us Weekly, Weekly, you always correct me. <laughs> Whoever broke it in America doesn't give a flying no, shit No, what about a shit. That. Welcome to America. So, like, they got their hands on some shit and ran it. And so now the British papers are like, okay, yeah, us too. Uh-huh. But anyway, so like if it's true that that William was you know, cheating on um, uh, what's her buns Kate <laughs> with Rose, I feel like there's so many Titanic names like oh, kind yeah. of in the bunch right now. I'm that. getting confused. But like poor Meghan Markle has been pregnant for nine months now. Uh-huh. Now she's no longer pregnant. We are told she had a baby yesterday. Yes. Mazel. Um, <laughs> we don't. We haven't seen this baby or heard yeah. a name yet. This could be some Siri Cruz bullshit, by the way. We need to watch out for that. Um, yeah, but that's that was Scientology. This is not. No, remember how we didn't see Suri for like the first three months of yeah. her life and they didn't know if like well, she was real. So I watched Harry because I broke it to you that we, No, I already knew, but you you texted me about it after I already knew. What? That she had the baby? Oh, the baby. I thought you were talking about the cheating scandal. No. I knew she was in labor. Yeah, I hate it when you do that, by the way, with the Royals. I want you to let me discover it and oh. get excited and tell you. So anyway, um, the Daily Mail told me that she had a boy. And so then I was watching with Harry address the press. So he comes out and is like, "Where well, I'm happy to announce all this kind of stuff. So boy, I'm so excited. We haven't picked out a name yet, which is crazy. She was late. You think we would have had some more time, like, but we still don't have anything. And so I heard him say, you'll... Um, We'll be happy to introduce you to our son in the next day or two. Yeah. Well, I'm waiting. <laughs> I was just being funny, but I thought, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this becomes, like, longer than Surrey Cruz? Yeah. We don't see well, the They little... were waiting for a People magazine cover. I don't think Will <laughs> is or Harry. The, what the, are their the... names? You think I don't know? <laughs> I've them three times. Oh, they're also all characters on Titanic, like I said. <laughs> um, no, so where I was going is, like, so Megan has been pregnant for so long now, and the poor girl really has been kind of the punching bag of all of England since she even was dating Harry. Yeah. And it's been, like you were saying, super clear that 
before Harry was married, William and Kate were in a happy marriage and they were really close with Harry. And especially William and, and uh, I'm sorry, Kate and Harry were like super chummy and super great. Then Meghan comes on the scene. Now they're married and there's been like visible frost between yeah. the two couples. And of course, people do what they do. They blame it on the women. Yep. They're already punching on Meghan anyway. So it's all been Megan's fault, but like you just said, maybe behind the scenes, Harry actually knew William was cheating, yeah. and like he's like the sensitive younger he brother, is. and all of that stuff. And like, look, it is not uncommon for kings and queens to be a cheating. It's gone on you for know. centuries. <laughs> the only thing you need to do is make sure that you reproduce with the queen, yep. so that the bloodline stays pure in yes. the royal family. But, you know, there's tons of little bastards out there that have royal blood in them. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, maybe that, like, kind of brotherly relationship breakdown yeah. is really actually due to this. And poor Megan, well, she's pregnant, really shouldn't have had that stress. Agreed. I don't, you know, I was a big Megan fan. Then I was a little, mm, uh, what's the tepid. word? T- yeah, tepid about it, but... Um, um, I don't know, skeptical yeah. is the word. A little skeptical about her. But at the end of the day, like, good for her. She caught herself a prince. Yes. And she's now the mother of a prince. Uh-huh. So, like... Get, seventh in line? Fucking get it, girl. Yes. Which I think I read something. They were like, don't laugh at um, Meghan and Harry's child be seventh in line because um, Queen Elizabeth was seventh in line. Mm-hmm. And look at her. And she's been running that shit since she was in her 20s. Like, okay. Things are a little different. Like, the plague is gone. We've got vaccines. <laughs> like, this baby's just going to have a fun, great life. Like, um, Eugenie yeah. and yeah, the other sister. Eugenie. Yeah. And yes. they're having the greatest time ever. to, like, do whatever. And then yes. they married rich husbands, too. Good for them. But, look, I, I love real drama, but part of me is, like, a little bit heartbroken that, like, Perfect Kate and Will. I know. Might not be so perfect. Gary Janetti's having the best time with it. Oh my god. His Instagram is if hilarious. If you guys aren't following Gary Janetti on Instagram, you're missing out. Especially if you like royals that Royal and stuff. have a funny. good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, don't mind making fun of children. Right. <laughs> well, so Amy, like you mentioned, we don't know this baby's name. Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. you have any idea what you would like the baby to be named? Well, here's the thing. You read an article that you told me that he... They're guessing the name will be Philip because Harry's close with his grandfather. Uh, article? I read Maggie's Instagram story. That or was her own personal Mag- theories. You did You did some research. <laughs> I did research by looking at my friend and Maggie's so, Instagram. <laughs> there's probably going to be, I don't know what Diana's father's name was or her brother. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know Harry is very close with his mother and pays yes. a lot of tribute to her. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, or maybe Spencer because her last name was Spencer. Yep. Um, that would be a great name. But then part of me really hopes that like the American actress of Megan pulls through and they come out with like a apple, like <laughs> Ax- yeah, like Axel, Axel, Axel Spencer, <laughs> Dexter, like right? a super American name that like, you know, that. Dex Shepard and Kristen Bell would pick for their son right. if they had one. Yes. Like something a little off and a little stupid and spelled with a Y that doesn't need to be there. But doesn't the queen have to approve the name? Yes, but she loves Megan. And Megan can get away she with totally, murder she totally in front of That's my mom's everything. She said the queen is so in love with Megan. She, like, is. she really is. She nailed it. Yeah. She knew. She walked in and she was like, see it, Charles. Hey. <laughs> queen? 
I'm Megan. I think Megan. I I'm going for because they love to buck royal tradition. Harry and Megan. Yes. Um, she wanted to give birth at home in their cottage, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, people were talking about that on the news, like that reports are coming out that Megan wanted to give birth at home and people were getting all uppity about it. Cause they were like, whatever you can have a homeopathic fucking water birth in a tub in your living room. If you're a fucking commoner, like yeah, yeah. I can do that. No one gives a shit, Yeah, but you're giving birth to a prince. Yeah. You have to go to the hospital. You most certainly have to, but she didn't, she tried to give birth at home and the, the reports are that there were, um, some complications. So she uh-huh. wound up getting rushed to medical attention. That's why you go to the hospital. You go to the hospital. Well, like, I'm kind of on that side. Like, it's an important baby. Like, uh-huh. you know, when I have a baby, no one's going to give a shit if I have it in will. the bathtub besides oh, me true. and my parents. Yeah, You know what I mean? And hopefully the baby's father yeah. <laughs> Wherever he is. But, like, it's a little bit different when your baby is a national treasure. I agree. You know, I, I do see that there is some respect to be given there. She probably should have been like, okay, I'll do this one. Yes. Because I have bucked a lot of royal tradition, the two of them. Yeah, she wore black nail polish <laughs> so months ago. She might be like, all right, well, if I gave birth in the hospital, then I get to call him Jose. <laughs> not that that's a bad name. Not a bad like, name. This would be not normal. Center. Left of center. Left of center. I mean, she is half African-American, so there is, like, a plethora of non-regular prince and princess names that, like... You know, who knows? I mean, she might have something beautiful, too, from her heritage. Yeah. You know, that she pulls out. And so we'll from, see. like, her mom's side of the family. Yeah. Like, yeah, a familial yeah. name for her and right. stuff. Yeah. I'm done with Spencer. I think that would be cute. I, I think Prince Spencer. Spencer. Prince Spencer is yes. cute, for sure. Spencer Pratt's going to be all over it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, so that is basically what has been going on in the pop culture world. And the three main topics Amy and I have not been able to stop talking about. Yes. So... With that being said, let's go and talk podcast pulse. What are the three podcasts that other people can't stop listening to? Right. And, you know, we have been doing all pop culture, so we went with the society and culture um, top charts today. So in that category, the number one most listened to podcast right now is This American Life. Yeah. But you can't get away from This American Life. NPR Life. Is really killing the podcast game. Oh, they started it. Yeah. (laughs) The title of this week's was called 24 Hours at the Golden Apple. I didn't read the description, so I don't know what that means. Nope. Same. So, number two was Crime Junkies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you talked about them before on the show? No, I've never listened to that podcast, but I might give it a shot. The name of the episode was just Serial Killer, and I was like, okay. Okay. Give me more. (laughs) But who? Tell me why I click on yeah, this. Yeah, right. What about the serial killer? Obviously, a lot of other people are, so maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And then number three is the other murderer <laughs> of podcasts, Super Soul Sunday from Oprah, of course. Uh, cool. She's she always could, up there. She could record a shit for 60 minutes, and it would still be in the top three. I kind of would listen to Oprah <laughs> taking a shit. Especially, like... And you get a poop, and you get a poop. Everybody gets a poop! (laughs) Like, feed her a bunch of Taco Bell and go in there with a mic and just let it happen. Well, is she... How many Weight Watcher points is that? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe she saved them up. Her exercise points. Well, sidebar, have you seen the commercial where she's, like, hawking Weight Watcher? I mean, she's got a stake in Weight Watcher. Oh, yeah. Where she's, like, fake FaceTiming with people and is like, so what's your favorite meal and how many points is it? I was like, oh, bro, don't... Don't pretend. Like regular people? Like, like regular like people. Like Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. You're, those are actors. Karen, and you're, <laughs> if you sign up for Weight Watchers, Oprah will FaceTime you. Oh, my God. Sign me up. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my I will God, give up bread. <laughs> no, I won't. Okay. 
So um, my podcast pop-up this week um, is not fitting because we're drinking beer, but Dear Media has tons of great female-driven podcasts to listen to, and this week I started listening to Wine Face. Oh, I love wine in my face. (laughs) I generally am a huge fan as well. So I was listening to it because I saw one of the podcasts and it was like, why is wine expensive? And I was like, great fucking question. Why is wine expensive? expensive? So, um, so many things. I was learning this week that, um, and all of these like fancy wine terms, but basically wine is expensive because of like the ground that it grows in. These are vineyards that have been. Expensive dirt? Basically. And it's called like. Or tear. There's a fancy name for Water. it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but if you think about it, like a vineyard in France that's been a working vineyard for over 100 years, that soil has been making wine for 100 years. So it's kind of like, if you think about it like a cast iron skillet, you don't clean it, yeah. you wipe it out because those flavors stay in the cast iron. It's like and its own compost. Basically. Like oh, okay. you're paying for the ground that's making these grapes. And then the knowledge that these people have, who have been doing it forever, you're paying for the name. You know, it's, and Camus is a $125 bottle of wine because Camus is a very, you know, famous company, I guess. I don't know. Like the Jarvis Vineyard in Napa. It's like a $100 bottle um, to go to the vineyard. My namesake that I, my family unfortunately does not own. Mm Mm-hmm. But so there's like so many different reasons that you're paying for expensive wine and That's then what makes it inexpensive, you know, it's what kind of cork are they using? Is it that fake new cork? Is it old cork? Where do they source their cork? So many things go into it. But the girl was saying like, listen, if you like a Pinot Noir and you find a great bottle that you love for $15, you don't have to keep drinking a $50 bottle. You don't like it just because oh, it's expensive thanks. doesn't, I know, thanks right? Thanks for the permission. <laughs> right. To drink my cheapest gut rot wine. A fifteen dollar bottle is not gut rot. No, not I mean <laughs> not for me. That's for true. someone else. It is. I'm treating myself when I buy the fifteen. Right. Well, bottle. she was just saying, like you know, just because it's more expensive doesn't mean you'll like it. There yeah, are still so true. many things that can go into the bottle that you might not like and the different tastes. She had another one that was like wine one hundred and one. What does it really mean for a wine to be natural or organic? Like mm-hmm. ideally, you're yeah. like, well, why is all wine not organic? You would assume it's organic grapes versus HMO grapes, right? A little bit. And then as well as some of the wines are like no sulfate wine. And it's like, oh, is that bad? Nope. Sulfates are organic and they're natural. It's okay to have an organic wine that has sulfates. It was all of this information that if you really like wine, you want to get into wine, I highly recommend Wine Face. And just they're 20 to 25 minutes. The girl owns her own um, wine store in LA. Some way really knowledgeable and young like us. Just loves wine. And likes talking about it on a podcast. So it's like, you'll learn stuff, but it's fun. Uh-huh. And you can drink. Absolutely. Okay, sign me up. Yeah. All right. I found a new podcast this week that I have, he's got two episodes out, and I've listened to both of them. This is kind of like a mashup of two of my favorite things, True Crime and Dr. Phil. Uh-huh. Um, so I also, on the side, have been obsessed with the act on Hulu. Yes. Um, I, and just in general, since it all broke in 2015, I am obsessed with the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So uh, most people will probably remember this. Gypsy Rose is a perfectly fine young woman whose mother, Dee Dee Blanchard, had one of the most severe cases of Munchausen's by proxy that has ever been recorded. And so she spent all of Gypsy's life making her sick, convincing her she was sick. Gypsy was confined to a wheelchair since she was seven, but could walk just fine. 
had a feeding tube, even though her digestive system worked just fine. Just fine. And eventually, as Gypsy grows, you know, she goes along with it when she's a young woman or a young girl. And then when she becomes a woman, she gets fed up with it. And she lines up with the help of an online boyfriend murdering her mother and running off. So this is all, like, the real stuff that happened. And that story broke, and there's been so many documentaries about it and interviews with her, and I watch every single fucking one. I can't get enough. And then The Act just came out on Hulu, which is an eight-part dramatized version of the story. It was excellent. But then my boy, Dr. Phil, came out with a new podcast called Analysis of Murder by Dr. Phil. So his whole bent is he's going to get inside the minds of notorious killers and tell you what made them do it, what makes these people tick. That's cool. Tell us the story. So he has two episodes out, so it's part one and part two, and they're called The Killer Thorn of Gypsy Rose. I get it. I get it. Roses have thorns. Nice. Get it, Phil. Get Get it. Get after it, Mr. Phil. So... And this is unlike I've ever heard Dr. Phil before. He covers a lot of true crime and unsolved mysteries on his talk show. Yeah. Which I now DVR and so watch all five episodes on the weekends. <laughs> Not ashamed. Um, but he doesn't interview anybody. He just talks into the mic and tells you the story uh-huh. and gives his psychological analysis along the way. Cool. So, I mean, as a, as a you know, brain doctor, not a brain doctor, you know what I mean? Therapist. A, well, yeah, but he is a like he is a forensic psychologist. Actually. Oh, got it. So that's what he did before he became okay. like Doctor Phil. Like he really is someone that's that yeah. studied killers, and um, I don't think he administered lie detector tests, but he's kind of like a human lie detector, like the hows and whys behind people. Yeah, and like the things. twitches that people do uh-huh. when they look sideways and they're lying, those kinds of things. Um, but so he's really interested in the minds of criminals, and so he, it's interesting, you know, if you like Doctor Phil. And I do. You do. If you like true crime, and I do, then you would probably like analysis of murder. And like I said, he really knocked it out of the park for me with his first two episodes being about the Gypsy Rose Blanchard story. Speaking of these kinds of things, did you hear that Unsolved Mysteries is coming back to television? I think that I did. But coming to Netflix. Okay. Did you watch that as a kid? I did. I will tell you something about my, my true crime obsession um, unsolved mysteries are my least favorite. Yeah, I like a bow at the I, end of my stuff. Yeah, I want somebody to get punished for what happened. Sure. You know. But even with unsolved mysteries, sometimes with aliens? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was weird. It is a little The guy came with sometimes. a trench coat and there was like fog. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. No, that'd be I love that. I'd try it. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. All right, guys. Well, that is all the pop culture and podcasts that Amy and I can. Can fit into an hour. We could keep going, but it, it, we've been on the mic yeah. for an hour. That's you guys probably want to go listen to something else, yeah. like our previous episode. But <laughs> if you guys do miss us this week, come and find us on Instagram at podcastrwd and Until all the then, other social medias. Yeah, for sure. We're going to be um, sipping some more reality TV tea Perfect. and watching pop culture. You never know when the next Fofty Gate is just around really? the corner. Really? That's true. you got to stay connected. We can, we're not going to go to work anymore. We're just going to be glued to the Instagram and to the podcast. <laughs> the amazing thing is I can do both because I can have my phone at my desk. Yes. It's the greatest. It is great. But we'll Welcome be back. to 2019. We will be back next week, everybody. Um... We'll decide what we're talking about at some point this week. We'll figure it out. We'll bring it to you then. So until you hear us again, do not forget to be kind. And rewind. Bye. Bye, guys.